0: Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Mohammed Shaker, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man,
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I am doing fantastic. Amazing. Excellent. Uh, we would like to welcome on a very special guest today. We have Mr. Bob White, who is currently running for Florida governor. So, Bob, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks very much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here.
0: You, you, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, up, yeah, roll on up. Roll yeah. on up. There, there you go. You go. Perfect. Um, so, what we do on this show, uh, since he and I met because of cava uh, bars, is we drink cava throughout the show. Which is this drink that you have in front of you. Uh, it is an all-natural island drink that, in the islands, they drink it for ceremonial purposes, and a lot of times it's used for um, when they talk about political when they talk about political events and things mm-hmm. like that. So, we just thought it was fitting that we drink it during the show. I am going to give you a fair warning. Mm-hmm. it doesn't taste great.
1: <laughs> it, d- it doesn't taste bad. It just doesn't
0: taste good. It tastes like... It ooh, tastes earthy. earthy. Yeah. Well, it in tastes that case,
2: like I'm sure you won't mind if I pass.
0: <laughs> 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 All right, but we do have to thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that we do drink during the show. This is yours. I'm just... It, if you decide you would like to partake in yeah. the original, boule, in the first bulla... You can do that, <laughs> yeah. and then
1: just we'll try see. it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. Okay. it won't hurt you. Yeah. All right, shells up. <laughs> oh, hold on.
0: Bula. Bula. All right. All right. So it's been like a week and a half since we did a show. Yeah. <laughs> I went out of town over the weekend. So I went down to the other coast. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Got really muddy. Good. Yeah. Some, That's always got, a good, got good to see to some, Yeah. got to see some people I hadn't seen in a while. So it was definitely fun.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Will you do anything else? You were gonna watch a movie, right? That's a really sore subject. I oh. have I have not seen that movie yet. Oh, okay, okay. I have been trying to go see Dunkirk since the day it came out and I have not <laughs> and I have not seen uh Bob liked it. Yeah. It was very good. <laughs> yeah
2: excellent excellent movie yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i've
0: wanted to see it and i couldn't get anybody to go opening night the second night i couldn't go and every night that i've had plans to go something has happened and i haven't been able to make it yeah yeah so which
1: i got something to say about that movie when we get to the political
0: stuff um <laughs> if you spoil anything of this movie no i haven't seen it. I, I haven't <laughs> seen
1: it but uh it was a washington i think it was a washington post article New oh York is Times it the, or something yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. I know yeah. what you're going to say then. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Another yeah, and another movie I want to go see is Atomic Blonde because we'll hell yeah. Yeah. Hell no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
0: No explanation necessary on yeah. that one. I definitely want to go see that movie.
1: <laughs> and uh, on my hat,
0: um, I have
1: my N7 patch today. Yes. Um do you know what that is? No. Oh, okay, okay, yeah.
0: I just noticed it said N N seven. So. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah,
1: it's just N seven. Um, we are the most premier, Terran fighting fourth uh, the defend the planet in the uh, universe of Mass oh Effect. Oh my God. And um, I started playing the game again. I want to save Earth from the Reapers. It's gonna be pretty <laughs> badass. <laughs> I don't
2: have a clue what they're talking about. Don't
0: I don't have a clue what he talks about most of the time. We'll make sure.
1: Time. We'll make sure you get an Xbox. <laughs> Up to the. Okay the whatever house they live in up there when they're governor okay. <laughs> or is it a palace i don't even know I've <laughs> uh, honestly never been to where skeletor lives yeah <laughs> skeletor. <laughs> uh,
0: so uh tell us a little bit about yourself bob i i know muhammad knows you but i met you literally when you walked in the door <laughs> okay
2: great no problem at all yeah. well uh look i'm a florida native uh, fourth generation, so this is my home where I grew up. I love the state of Florida and want to do everything I can to make sure that it's a hospitable environment for generations to come. Okay. Um, you know, we grew up over in the central part of the state, a little town called Haines City. Spent our days, uh, you know, hunting, fishing, water skiing, boating, going to the beach, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was really a great uh, a, a great life. Um, I Product of the public schools, graduated from the University of Central Florida. Oh, ah, go I, Knights! Of course, I'm. Yeah, but of course, I'm so old that uh, when I graduated, it was still uh, Florida te- Florida Technological University. Okay, that was the name of the school when it started out. Um, what degree did you graduate? Business administration. Okay, so that's been my that's been my career in the private sector. Has been always associated with one business or another. I have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, so mm-hmm. I've owned some of my own businesses. And some have gone well, and some have gone not so well. I tell people I've I've experienced both success <laughs> and failure, in uh, my business life, my personal life, and even in my spiritual life. So, but I've learned from all of it, and I believe that all of it has made me the person that I am today, and uh, qualifies me to be governor of the state of Florida.
1: Okay, you said your uh, your religious life. Uh, what are you? Uh,
2: Protestant. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Just just Protestant. Well,
2: Methodist. My grandfather. I don't really I don't really ascribe to a quote. Uh, religion necessarily My grandfather was a Methodist minister mm-hmm. I grew up in the Methodist church uh, The church that I attend today Is a Methodist church But I'm really not so much Tuned into the, uh, the dogma If you will Of, of the religion uh, I consider myself uh, a disciple and, and try to behave uh, As I'm taught to behave Um, you know, in in that regard. So it's really more about the spirituality of it than it is the religiosity of it. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, uh, What was I going to say here? Uh, Last time I saw you was at the, um, we were in Orlando at the, um, it was the AFP's, uh, what was it called? The Defending the American Dream Summit. Right. Um, I think we had, uh, who showed up? Marco Rubio? Marco Rubio was there, right? Didn't Marco show up?
2: There were a lot of speakers there. Yeah, uh, and I think he was one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was pretty awesome. Even though there were a lot of people that I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, but I was there with, um, I was working a, a LI table with the Leadership Institute. Right. Um, yeah, I think we're yeah we're looking for students, but it was a, it was a great time. Did you go to any other conventions or conferences uh, since then? I think that was uh that was just last uh Yeah,
2: that was last September, I something think. like that. Yeah. Not, Did you go anywhere not quite else after a year that? Ago. Well, the only other the only other things that I've done have been uh Republican Party of Florida quarterly meetings, yeah. you know, and their annual meeting which was back this uh this past January, so I've been participating in all of those. Um, but that's probably it mm-hmm. as far as politics go. I missed Freedom Fest. I would have liked to have been there. Yeah, me too. That. Yeah, me but, too. it uh, yeah. just wasn't in the cards given this campaign. Yeah. I mean, it's out
1: all the way in Vegas. So. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and obviously you do the <laughs> the monthly phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> that I always have an issue connecting to. <laughs> But I, I know I'm not alone half the time because I see all the emails like, I try calling in. I tried calling in. I was like, I'm not going to put an email like everybody else's. Well,
2: there will be one this Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put, it, put it on your calendar and yeah. see if you can get in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, so tell us uh, about your philosophy like your favorite politicians, economists, what what you like to label yourself, if anything, um, uh, how you look at other philosophies—that's important. Um, and uh, what brought—I uh, mean, you're you're libertarian, uh, so what what in, what got you into the movement? You know, like Ron Paul brought me in the movement. Um, sure. So what brought you to be more libertarian?
2: Right. Well, as you know, of course. Oh, and I'm what chairman- were
1: you before? You became that.
2: Well, let's understand. I am. I am running in the Republican primary. I am a mm-hmm. registered Republican and have been, you know, for virtually all my life. Yes. Uh, but I do have libertarian tendencies, and yes. libertarian leanings. No question about that. Uh, limited government, constitutionally limited government. Consider myself a constitutionally conservative libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand Paul was my candidate in the uh, presidential cycle. Me too. Uh, mm-hmm. And con- I continue to be a huge fan of his. Uh, as far as that. Ec- ec- Economists go, I'll, I'll just tell you that you know every year we uh, sponsor the Constitution Day dinner over in Melbourne, Florida. And this yeah. year, our keynote speaker is Tom Woods. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know that yeah. that tells you a lot. He lives, doesn't
1: he? Live in Melbourne? Or near? Uh, he
2: lives in Saint Cloud now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is close by. Yeah, so yeah. we got him for the speaker's fee and no transportation, no yeah. travel. <laughs> that, was a, that was a big thing. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But uh, so, so there you go. The, you know, the the Mises Institute. You know, he's that's where he is right now. Exactly, he's yeah. out there for their uh, for their week long. Um, yeah, um, it's it's amazing. I love it. Great. Yeah. So that's on September the twenty third, Saturday, September the twenty third. And uh, he'll be our keynote speaker, and we have the Speaker of the Florida House, Richard Corcoran, coming as a as a yeah. featured speaker as well. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be an interesting combination to hear the two of them together. Of course. And I tell people that, you know, uh, people have asked me, you know, Bob, you're running for governor, and, and Richard Corcoran is, is talking about running for governor. You know, are, are you still going to have him come and, and speak at the Constitution Day dinner? And I say, well, you know, of course I am. Number one, why would I deny the people of Bavard County the opportunity to hear from one of the you know three most powerful people in uh, in state government? And number two is, if he does decide for, to run for governor, he'll automatically become the second best candidate in the race. <laughs> <laughs> so of course we're going to continue to have. It. Well, yeah, the, uh,
1: who's confirmed running right now other than Adam Putnam?
2: Well, uh, besides Adam and myself, there are seven other Holy uh, moly. Republicans that have that are currently declared candidates, but, but we need, here's what we need to understand about that. At this stage in the game, all you have to do to be a declared candidate is fill out one piece of paper that says, okay, I'm running, my campaign treasurer is, and you mm-hmm. identify that person, and my uh, my depository, my bank account mm-hmm. uh, for the campaign is at such and such a bank. And that allows you to go out and begin to raise money okay, okay and spend money yeah. uh, directly on behalf of your candidacy. Actual qualifying doesn't happen until June of next year, and that's when you have to either turn in several hundred thousand signatures or you have to pay the twelve thousand qualifying fee. okay so at that point, I'm expecting of those other seven that are in the race at this point, many of them won't pay the qualifying fee. It's hard to say how many actually will or won't um, so
0: and from what I understand the the signature the signature uh, bar that you have to hit is very difficult to hit.
2: It is. I mean, the way I look at it is if you're going to go by – if you're going to try to qualify by petition, you're going to have to pay to have it done. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to spend money to have it done. You're going to have to hire people. People walking, yeah. So you might as well just pay the qualifying fee. Yes. Yeah. 12000 you know, it's, it's, not, it's not nothing to sneeze at, but it's not, it's not a bank breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can clearly do that, and that allows us to concentrate on the campaign – And not concentrate on trying to collect signatures. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Now, there's several other people that are rumored to be getting in. Uh, Jack Latvilla from this area, of course, state senator from Sarasota, is uh, Mm going to be announcing on August the 16th. I already mentioned Richard Corcoran. Uh, it's all but certain he's getting in. He says he hasn't made that decision yet, and he's waiting until after next year's legislative session. But, I mean, come on, let's face it. If you establish a political committee and you go out and you raise a couple of million dollars in the first month into that political committee and you hire a pollster <laughs> and you hire a media consultant, yeah. there's a pretty good chance you're getting in. Probably, yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> we can expect him to get in. And mm-hmm. then finally you've got um, Ron DeSantis. Is looking at the race. The, Congress, oh. the congressman from over in uh, Volusia County. Yeah, he's looking at it. So this could be a uh, this could be a crowded field. There could be five of us with a very viable opportunity.
1: Although I'd, I'd be unhappy voting for him after he gave up. Um, well, no, that wasn't really as far as Marcus' fault for running again when he right. said he wasn't. Right, because uh, right. exactly. I know he he would have been a great person in the Senate if he had made it.
2: You know, I think we had two good guys there because I liked I liked Ron, but I also liked Todd Wilcox. I thought Todd, you know, uh, had some some really good ideas. Uh, Ron certainly, though, with his uh, with his his creds as far as uh, you know the the Liberty movement and the conservative movement would have been done a great job. Yeah, either one of them would have been better than Marco. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I agree. I,
0: yeah, I'm certain almost everybody watching us agrees with that. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, tell us um, if you were to win. Um, actually, no. Just let's start campaigning. You know, like what are your top issues Why for Florida? Yeah,
2: sure. I'll be happy to talk about that. Um, as you know, I've been the uh, chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus of Central East Florida, mm-hmm. our chapter over in Melbourne, for seven years. I've been chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus of Florida, our state organization, now for four years. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, there have been countless trips back and forth to Tallahassee during committee weeks, as well as during the legislative session itself. And, you know, as, we all, as you know, we put together a legislative agenda every year of bills that we're either going to support or oppose. And the choice is driven by the philosophies of the RLC, which are, you know, limited constitutional yeah. government, you know, free people, mm-hmm. free markets, um, fidelity to the Constitution. So that drives our choices. So we've got a lot of property rights bills you know ending red light cameras you know all of those kinds of all of those kinds of bills limited government bills hit our package but the one thing that i've noticed that's been consistent in the 7 years and getting worse each year that goes by is that i'm convinced now that the people of florida have literally lost their voice in the legislative process as well as before just government in general the executive mm-hmm. agencies in the, sta- in the state of florida up in tallahassee it's been drowned out by what i'm calling the dark money uh, special interest contributions that are being literally laundered millions of dollars worth of dark money contributions are being laundered through what are called political committees yeah. uh, that are operated by the powers that be in tallahassee and it 's become a big echo chamber up there we yeah. have a we literally now have uh, a political class if you will a political elite that consists of the lobbyists and the special interests that they represent and the politicians that take their money and do their bidding yeah uh, so that 's that's the top issue for me in this race: is to try to, uh, to try to end that domination uh, uh, in Tallahassee by the special interests and their lobbyists, and restore the people's voice to the process. So that's what drove me to get into the race in the first place, and it's what we spend a lot of our time talking about as we go around the state of Florida.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, what about um, other issues like sure. uh, solar?
2: Oh well, as, I think as you know, uh, you know, I was a big advocate for Amendment Four. Okay and was glad to see that uh, uh you know that that we prevailed on that issue uh, as well as the other amendment that was uh was on we have what, we had one one amendment on the primary ballot and the other one on the general election ballot, as I recall, we had two different amendments I and, think, and, yeah and, and we won on both issues, yes, so, which was good. We had that one episode where uh, where the the power industry, FPL and uh, Duke Energy and all of them were literally trying to pull a fast one on the people of Florida. Yeah, yeah. And, and you remember the one guy got caught with an open mic. Yeah, talking, yeah, You know, literally admitting to the fact that they were deceiving the voters, and that whole thing just blew up in their face. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was very happy to see that they had spent literally twenty, thirty million dollars trying to get their trying to win, and they lost anyway. <laughs> right. That was great. That so, was just- so I'm, look, I'm an advocate for you know for those kinds of renewable sources. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily opposed to you know to the fossil fuel industry or anything yeah, like no, that. No, of course not. I mean we have to we have to pursue everything. Yeah, I'd um, kick you off the show if you were. But I mean, in Florida, I mean, come on. And then I call Matt. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: exactly. exactly. But but in Florida, I mean, come on. How can you not be for solar energy? Yeah, right? no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, the issue is opening up. Opening up the markets to let right. people even you know use them, uh, sure. and not have the because what they were trying to do, from what I remember, uh, understanding what they were trying to do is they're they're trying to monopolize and be the sole owners and operators of those like panels, yeah. um, and that was going to be a big issue. And they're got you know.
0: But they they were doing it in a way it was just like, oh, it's the solar bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, great. Yeah. No, I'm for that. That like was the deceit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was the deceit that they were. Practicing. It was funny. Um, When they were doing the petitions for it, I was down at Low Tide and uh, this woman comes up and she's like, would you mind signing the solar bill petition? And I said, which one is it? (laughs) The good one. (laughs) You're going to yeah. have to be a lot more specific before I sign that piece of paper cuz of course you're going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know,
2: one of the one of the amendments would have allowed people to does allow people to actually put solar on their home without mm-hmm. it impacting their property value. Yes. Right. Okay. So that was That was, that, that, that,
1: that was yeah. uh, the that, that was the one that was tied into amendment right. 4. Right. Um which would make it cheaper mm-hmm. for people to buy because if someone's willing to buy the solar panel now they don't have to be worried about resale value because their mm-hmm. house might cost more. Right. So right. on, yeah. So on and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah. So uh, when I when I announced that you were going to be on the show, I asked people for questions, sure. and since you know I know many 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 libertarians, they all wanted to know. Most of them wanted to know one thing, and it's really easy to be summed up. What about weed?
2: okay it's not, probably not nearly as easy as you might think it is uh, because many of your listeners are probably not going to appreciate well i just answer. meant
0: easy for me to sum up oh okay all right the question the okay. question the question was easy to honestly sum up. we have
1: too many types of people listening so, so
2: well, here's here's where i am yeah uh i mean i supported uh, amendment two medical uh cannabis i think that uh, there's clearly a, a need for it yeah i think we have a drug problem in florida it's not marijuana it's uh it's opioids Yes, uh, And one of the things that I've, uh, that I've been following is uh, there have been a number of studies that have come out uh, recently by very reputable institutions that are showing that in states that have medical cannabis, the opioid uh, addiction and the deaths from opioid addictions are like 25% less than they are in states that don't have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, clearly um, it's possible for for folks that are addicted to opioids to be able to use cannabis to to be able to kick that addiction yeah and and I think that's important I mean we've got two way too many people uh, on opioids uh, that are former military you Mm -hmm. know they came back they were injured overseas they come back they have excruciating pain as a result of their injuries or construction workers or people that are injured in automobile accidents and the doctors put them on these opioids, they get hooked, uh, and before you know it they've got a real problem yeah, and uh you know, so anything that we can do to help those people we've got to do. I saw something just recently, let me point this out too. in the first six months of this year alone, over twenty five hundred Floridians died as a result of their opioid addictions now that's a staggering number, largely because it's su- it represents such a huge increase that's fourteen roughly fourteen people a day. Whereas just two years ago, in 2014, the last the last year that they had numbers for it, the rate was like seven a day. Mm-hmm. So it is absolutely exploding uh, exponentially, and you know we've got to address that issue. Uh, so uh, that's where I am on medical. I'll just I'll just be right up front with you though uh, on recreational. I just don't think the state of Florida is ready for it yet. Okay. I think demographically you're going to get there uh, eventually, but because you got 70 percent of the people to vote for. Uh, Amendment 2 doesn't mean that you'd get, you know, 60% to vote uh, for an amendment uh, to to legalize legalize. recreational. You're not going to get it from the legislature. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. There's a practical side to this that we all need to be aware of. You're not going to get it from the legislature. You could probably get it on the ballot. You could probably conduct a petition drive and get it on the ballot. But I just don't think you get to 60%. Okay. Uh, So I'm for a a drug policy that makes sense. And this kind of ties into where I am on criminal justice reform. Because we are incarcerating way too many people, we're putting way too many people in our penal institutions for you know nonviolent offenses, uh, and certainly possession uh, is one of those. Yeah. So uh, while I'm not, uh, while I don't think the state's ready for recreational, I would certainly be in favor of decriminalization. Excellent. Uh, no okay. one should spend even a single night in jail because they were in possession of an amount of any controlled substance that was clearly intended for their personal use that just that does nothing but create problems for society. Yeah. It turns it turns people into felons that shouldn't be felons. Uh it takes in many cases breadwinners out of their homes. Yeah. Uh it, it just it's it's just a ridiculous policy and so I would be in favor of decriminalization.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we both know uh I mean, maybe you do too, but m- we have plenty of friends that uh use marijuana or, you know, consume marijuana uh, for a lot of different reasons. I have uh Friends that are veterans that use mm-hmm. it, um, both medically because of pain and, and like sleep issues, mm-hmm. um, and recreationally. Um, if aside from like Florida itself being ready for it, though, I mean, I guess, but you do agree that it's a, it's a problem that we're putting so much money and resources uh, fighting a thing that we're just not winning?
2: Yeah, the war on drugs has been an abject failure. Yeah, there's no question about that. We've spent billions and billions of dollars uh, in a war that can't be won because you're trying to legis- you're trying to legislate so-called morality. Yeah, you know decisions that people are making for themselves. Yeah, um, and so that's why that's why I'm supporting decriminalization uh, as a, as a part of this issue, and that's why you know in the area of criminal justice reform i mean we 're looking at numbers where Florida incarcerates like twenty three percent more people per uh-huh. capita than just about any other state in the country. yeah uh, we have probably the highest per capita uh, incarceration rate of of any state out there uh, it 's just inexcusable uh, so we do have to we do have to address these issues through criminal justice reform and if you look around the state of florida you 're already seeing that certain uh, local communities are beginning to pass their own decriminalization efforts, and so we 're now in a situation where Different people in different parts of the state are being treated differently, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not right either. Okay. Um, uh, plus, on top of which, uh, you know, it, it, when, it, when it finally comes right down to it, um, the most dangerous drug in society is alcohol. Mm-hmm. Always has been, probably always, always will, will be. be. Yeah. Uh, and and really, I mean, where is it? Where is it? The place of government to tell one group of people that their drug of choice is legal, and then tell another group of jo- people that their drug of choice is is illegal. So that's why I'm saying I think that you get there eventually. The demographics are in, are certainly in your favor to get there, um, but the state's not ready for it yet. So I'm certainly not going to be you know the advocate to go out there and and, and lead the charge, so to speak. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, all right. Um, so as we all know, last night John McCain voted no on the skinny repeal, <laughs> <laughs> which at 1:15 in the morning, I went to make a joke on Twitter and I saw that, and I mean I still made the joke, <laughs> but uh yeah it was uh that blew my mind i was like john mccain was the reason that that happened mm-hmm. way to campaign for the last seven years nice job mm-hmm. um but a lot of people have been asking uh what you would do about healthcare in florida and i didn't see it on your website so i'm gonna let you tell everybody sure what I'll it is added. your plan was
2: well, we do have it. It, it is it, there is a, there is a healthcare platform position on my website, which, by the way, is www 4 dot That's F O R, not the number. Bob F O R <laughs> Florida Check it out. It's got lots of issues uh, on there that you can uh, that you can check me out on. Uh, here here's where I am on healthcare in Florida. It is a huge driver uh, in our budget in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. The two biggest ticket items in the Florida budget are education and health care. And by health care specifically, most of that is Medicaid uh, driven. Uh, Almost a full third of our budget is uh, is being spent in Medicaid. Now, that's a shared responsibility between the state and the federal government. The state kicks in about 60 percent of the total that we spend. Uh, But you may recall that one of the planks uh, or one of the things that Obamacare, uh, the Affordable Care Act, was trying to do was to get the states to expand their medicaid yes, uh, yes. Yeah. roles and mm-hmm. i was opposed to that from the very beginning and i continue to be to this day um what i've said from all along is that if you really care about the poor in the state of florida if you care about our el- our elderly poor our working poor the last thing in the world you want to do is expand the medicaid system it's completely broken um new uh, new medicaid recipients typically wait anywhere from 45 to 60 days to get an appointment if they can even find a provider in the first place that's willing to take new patients, and then they typically have to drive anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour uh, to get there to to see someone. So that's a, that's a, that's a horrendous kind of a system. Uh, it does no one any good, and to put another 800,000 people into a system that's already broken to that extent doesn't make any sense at all. So what I'm advocating is a is a number of different free market approaches uh, to the problem. Uh, one of them would be uh, direct primary care agreements, which we supported a bill for direct primary care this past session in Tallahassee. I don't know what that means. Uh, Well, that's where uh, doctors and patients can actually uh, sign an agreement together where the doctor says, okay, for X number of dollars per month, these are the services that I'm going to offer you at basically no charge. Yeah. So, but it's not insurance. Okay. So it can't be, and that was the bill that we were supporting was to define direct primary care as being outside the scope of insurance so that the Florida Department of Insurance couldn't step in and try to regulate
0: it. Okay. All right. Ah. So,
2: you know, some, concierge medicine uh, is, is, is kind of a form of direct primary care, only it's typically uh as the as the term implies concierge it implies a very high level of of, of service for a, a very large expense yeah direct primary care is a little different than that um there are groups that are that are popping up in other places there's a, a direct primary care uh provider in kentucky for instance that uh and they're and of course they're everywhere it's not just kentucky but this one pops to mind um, I think their minimum is like uh, $50 per month for an individual, and you get all of your all of your well all of your well care visits are, are included in that price. If you need stitches, you get stitches. If you need X-rays, you get X-rays. If you need a bone set, you get the bone set. And this is for like $50 a month, or for yeah. a family, depending on how many people. That might be $250, $300 a month. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's all included, and then on top of that, you can get your prescriptions filled by that doctor who basically provides them for you at his cost or maybe his cost plus 10%. Uh, So it's a very affordable alternative for people to be able to participate. And what's really interesting is that, as you guys know, these deductibles on our insurance are so high. It's insane. it's, It's crazy. A lot of people that have health insurance are actually signing up for a direct primary care at 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month because even then... It's significantly less for them because their deductibles are so high that if they tried to get covered under insurance, they couldn't. Right. Because, so it just makes sense financially. So you've got that. You've got direct primary care, and then there are these uh, these sharing programs. Like I think they call them MetaShare, where I know there's one that's headquartered right there in um, in Brevard County, where I'm from, and these are national in scope most of them, where people sign up as it's like a membership. It's not an insurance policy. Okay, so because you're not signing up with an insurance company, it's like a membership program, and you pay a certain amount of money per month. But then, if something, it's almost like a catastrophic insurance policy. If something happens to you and you go into the hospital for whatever reason, the the association oh, okay. steps up and puts the bill.
1: That's like uh, one of Rand's big points on his replace plan was uh, allowing group insurance type stuff That's, where yeah yes. yeah.
2: That's very similar. That's that's very similar to what uh, to what I'm talking about here. Only in that case, what he was talking about was allowing people in certain professions to to join a pool yeah, looking for sell, yeah. for purchasing purposes, but they would still be purchasing an actual insurance policy. Okay. So this is a little different. And what's what's interesting about these programs is that um, the legislation actually exempted them, so they were allowed to continue to operate. Uh, and i 've heard some really good things from people about those but but rand 's approach it was the approach that i 've favored all along a, a full blown repeal yeah okay period uh, with free market solutions like health savings accounts and and buying insurance across state lines all of those kinds of things just make perfect sense there 's so much that we could do from a free market perspective uh, and just get the government uh, completely out of it that would be my that would be my choice
1: if someone were to ask, if somebody a young democrat would come up to you and say like well you know healthcare is a right or you hate the poor yeah you know, all those kind of arguments about repeat or about um reducing i guess medicaid or even not expanding it any any further than it is uh, what what would be your response to that well, i mean because you they're they're going to want an answer
2: sure well, we already talked about the Medicaid issue yes, and the right. fact that it's, it's, a, it's a completely broken system that we shouldn't be expanding. We should be looking for alternatives to it. So there's there's my answer there. Uh, the answer about, about medical care being a right, it's not a right, it's a commodity. Yes. Okay, that's to begin with. And uh, I think Rand Paul's argument frankly, on on whether or not it's a right was just dead on point.
0: I think that I, I've seen that video so much over the last few days. And I it, it is practically recite so, it myself. Oh yeah. it's just, it is you know, spot on. It, it
2: is. It absolutely is. How in the world could you tell someone? You basically are going to be enslaving someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're going to make it a right, then the doctors, the nurses, the anesthesiologists, you're basically making them slaves to the system. You're yeah. telling them that you have to provide this service that you went to school x number of years the money that you invested in your education you now are compelled by the government required by the government to provide that uh, you know that expertise that service to other people because they have a right to your your intellectual uh, property and your skill and i I'm sorry that's just it's just not a right you can't yeah. you can't compel somebody to service the needs of another person yeah yeah um, good uh what about
1: uh, this had came up um last year maybe um and i remember hmm, jack Lidv- no not jack uh, chris Lidvalla, chris Lidvalla. um voted in a, in a way i didn't like on this um but if you were able to uh, uh have some kind of input in on this uh uh open carry in florida oh okay.
0: that was actually that was a question that uh, somebody brought up OK, today. Yeah. On one of our posts. So, sure. yeah, I,
2: I'll be happy to answer that question. I am an open carry supporter. OK, I'm a campus carry supporter. Uh, I have yeah, my excellent. I have my concealed carry permit myself. Um, you know, I have a uh, I have a home defense weapon and I have a personal defense weapon that I carry with me virtually everywhere I go. Um, I say virtually everywhere I go. It's not on me right now, but it's out in my car. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> I just figured I'd be safe with you guys. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I figured this is probably like a fortress in here. Well, yeah, yeah. You we know, right. got all the trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but no, so, but seriously, um, I mean, these are issues of, of personal uh, defense. Uh, you know, I, I consider myself to be my own first responder. Mm -hmm. And that's not taking anything away from our professional first responders, all of whom, you know, I mean, I support them. I admire them. I appreciate them for their courage and their willingness to put themselves out on the line for all of us every single day. Um, But our local sheriff in Brevard County is a friend of mine, Wayne Ivey. And he basically has said that, you know, look, you can always count on the police to be there in minutes when seconds count.
0: Yes, and for yeah, that, me, that's
2: where that's what it all comes down to. So I've taken responsibility for myself and for my wife and for my children and grandchildren when they're with me, and for anybody that's around me. Mm-hmm. Okay, if something should happen, and I think that everybody that's inclined that way. Okay, if you're not inclined, then then by all means, you yeah. know, don't you know, don't don't be a first, don't be your own first responder. But if yeah. you have that inclination, get trained, get out there, get permitted, and, and be prepared to respond so our as an organization the republican liberty caucus uh supported all of the open carry and campus carry bills last year uh we'll continue to support those in the future the um the the idea that there should be a a government mandated gun-free zone you know anywhere in the state to me is is just is just ridiculous i just don't see how in the world we can possibly take away somebody's right to defend themselves regardless of where they are
1: yeah um before i turn it over to matt uh Tying into that, uh, some of the worries – like one of the things that actually I've seen Chris – by the way, is your sheriff friend – is he okay with open carry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Our sheriff is not. (laughs) (laughs) That Uh,
0: that is accurate. He does not like open carry. Yeah. I don't know (laughs) if you –
1: do you know Joshua Black by any chance? I do know Joshua. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Josh had his whole fire uh, (laughs) sheriff uh, bob thing. uh for the longest time and that was one of the biggest points because right. he he's not for it. Um but that's good. Good good on that sheriff. Um uh oh, yeah, my well, something that somebody might say is uh, one of uh, uh Florida's um biggest economic sectors is tourism. Um, so don't you think that ha- having Everybody walking around with a gun on them going to scare people away from coming here to enjoy Disney and, and like the, the our beaches here or what like no, what's I, your response no, to a question like that No,
2: I, I don't think so at all. I think that uh, in the first place, Florida is one of only five states in the entire country that don't allow some form of open carry. Uh-huh. Okay, so I mean I don't see forty five other states that are suffering wholesale losses and you know and people wanting to wanting to visit. Uh, and if you look at the numbers, the statistics are very clear. The safest states in the country are those states that that allow it. Yeah. Uh, so you can make a huge case for uh, for it being you know a safety enhancement more so than anything else. Now you mentioned Joshua. He and I got into it a little bit the other night on on Facebook because he was upset because the open carry that I that I have advocated is for those folks that have their concealed carry permit okay okay so and he took me to task because that's not really true constitutional carry yeah (laughs) and i agree it's not um but you know there are two constitutions that are at work here in 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 the state of florida one is the federal constitution the other is the state constitution Mm -hmm. and so the state constitution clearly does give um the legislature and the executive branch uh authority to regulate you know ownership of of handguns or any kind of weapon for that matter so we have to keep that in mind. So what I've said is that we have to work, we have to deal with reality. Yeah. We can be ideologues and accomplish nothing, or we can be practical tacticians and accomplish a tremendous amount. So I'm for, I'm for what I think can be, can, can be achieved. And given the, the state of our current legislature, you're not going to get open carry you're not going to get constitutional carry out of this legislature at this point in time. Yeah. But you do have a chance to get open carry for those that are already permit holders. Yeah. And they're clearly the most responsible um, uh, group of people in society. Na- yeah, nationally. Yeah. To, right. Yeah. You know, when it, when it comes to, uh, to guns.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, crap, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, one of the well, things. Getting
2: back, let me, and let me just say this. Getting, getting back to the whole tourism thing. It, it, I mean, take a look at what happened at the airport down in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, because baggage claim is a government-mandated gun-free zone. Uh-huh. You know, a guy just checked his gun in his bag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay? The ago, guy yeah. just checked his gun in his bag, and then when he got off the plane, he went to baggage claim, got his bag, went into the bathroom, got his weapon out of his bag, and then went out into the baggage claim area, which was a gun- government-mandated gun-free zone, and started blowing people away. Yeah. Eight people lost their lives. Yeah. Take a look at the Orlando Pulse nightclub. Horrendous massacre. Just yeah. A, yeah, that was... a, a horrible waste of life. And we have a statute on the books in Florida that says that if you own an establishment that derives 50% or more of its income from the sale of alcoholic beverages, it's a gun-free zone. Yeah. No guns allowed. The owner can't have one. The owner can't hire armed security personnel to protect their patrons. That's absurd. Yeah, so, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so, so to me, if we have very many more incidents like that, how is that not impacting The potential for tourism in the state of florida i think it does
0: yeah uh one of the things that i wanted to ask about is uh florida i don't remember the exact number but a vast number of the jobs that we have here in florida require licenses through the Mm -hmm. state like even so far like when i was working on the wulsifer campaign one that we used often was you need a license to braid hair right right and we you know like we said that one as a joke but it is a license you actually need Mm -hmm. and we think that many of us think that that's just idiotic yeah um so like what is your positioning on the licensing issues for our jobs here in florida and if we were to get rid of those would it make it personally i think it would make it easier for people to get jobs to get work where they don't have to go through all this if they get the training without having to pay all the extra money so i just want to get your take on what the licensing for jobs is here sure in I, well
2: that's you know that's a part of my my jobs platform if you will i have a real jobs for florida Platform that's in the uh, that's on the website, and people can go there and, and see it. But what I've basically said is that Florida, what we need to do, the approach to jobs that we need to take, is a complete deregulation. Okay, of the of the economy to the point where uh, we get rid of all of these licensing laws. I mean, sure. I mean, if you're going to be a doctor, you know, you probably ought to have a license before you can cut on somebody yeah, or prescribe right. <laughs> medicine. N- nobody has a problem with that. But like you said, creating <clears> <throat> hair, I mean. <laughs> That's,
0: that's he, he talks about the licensing thing a lot. Because <laughs> okay. 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 No, you're, you're good. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, okay, so you want let's, people to cut on you without a license? Not this episode, <laughs> right. but... I was going to say, don't get him started on it. It's a 20-minute just rant okay. that he goes into. Well, here's what we're doing in Florida.
2: We're spending, you know, we have been spending through Enterprise Florida, for instance, through the Quick Action Closing Fund. Uh, You know, we've been spending buku millions of dollars to try to attract people, corporations, big corporations from other states to come here and calling it job creation. That's not job creation. That's job pilfering. We're pilfering jobs from other states and bringing them here. And that's all well and good Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, Floridians get hired. Um, so if you're, if that's your perspective, fine, but I don't think that's the right approach. I yeah. think that's corporate welfare. Yes, yes absolutely. Cr- I think it's absolute crony capitalism, and it's the state picking winners and losers. So that's why I say that what we need to do is we need to deregulate the economy to the point where we create uh, incentives and abilities for people to start up new businesses. Because every study in the world that's ever been done on job creation clearly establishes that, the real job creation takes place at that level, at the small business level mm-hmm. and at the new startup level. That's where the most jobs are created. So I want to see an economic environment where where businesses of all levels have an opportunity to thrive and yeah. hire more people, whether they be small, medium, or large. It doesn't matter to me. It just shouldn't be the government deciding who gets to thrive and who doesn't get to thrive. Yeah. And the government shouldn't be taking tax dollars from from one business person or from one business owner and using those same tax dollars to hire or to entice a large corporation to come to Florida that might actually end up competing with that business owner, that local existing business owner whose taxes were taken for that purpose. That's, that's just, that just doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's money out of these other businesses pockets to expand or um, do whatever they want to do. You
2: ought to be able, you ought to be able to start a business in your garage. Yeah. Or in your back bedroom if you want to. Right. And that used to or be Or even any, your front living room. Yeah, yeah, right. Here. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, and that used to be a pretty easy thing to do. It's gotten harder and harder and harder in Florida to be able to start that new business without um you know, without having to get a commercial space, without have you know, without having to get a commercial license of some kind. It's ridiculous. Yeah the number of licenses that are required.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I I've always thought that like mm-hmm. As Mo will often say, that licensing is stupid. But <laughs> well, let, yeah, and
2: let the marketplace take care of it. Right. I mean, you know, if you do a lousy job, people yeah. aren't going to come people, back to yeah, you, yeah. you. Yeah, people aren't going to use you. That's exactly right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, and we, we can even talk a lot more about that after this. Um, get get your opinion on what I'm saying about it, because we, we've talked about it on the show before, so everyone's heard M- it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because. Uh, <laughs> um you know you know here we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, i was just gonna say that like i was a former combat medic right and i've had to deal with that right and when i looked at the bigger picture i saw that they were hurting regular people mm. by so- even some of these certain medical licensing um and i i promise i won't get into it but like you know i had a national license but I had to retake the national license that was in my pocket to work in Florida mm-hmm. which to me made no sense. I'm like, okay, well, not only are you keeping me from a job, you're keeping me from helping other people out there by being right. by being on a Sunstar truck or a fire department truck. And how many other people are are um are also dealing with that. So you're, you're actually keeping a lot of medical professionals possibly from uh, working here right. and, and you know, helping people in this community and those people
0: get jobs. Sure. Um, so th- Reciprocity issue. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 did, I did promise my buddy Nick Yeager that I would ask one question. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, what's your opinion on fracking?
2: Okay, I think that uh, fracking nationally has been a real boon OK, for the economy. But I think that Florida's different. OK, okay. And, and here's why. And it's, we're geologically different mm-hmm. than most other states. So because fracking is a good idea in a place like North or South Dakota does not mean that when you have, you know, a Florida aquifer like ours is and we get our drinking water the way that we do and it's all sandstone and limestone and those kinds of things. And it's a shallow aquifer. It's all. Close, yeah. It's all close to the surface uh, that, you know, I think that that sets us apart. You know, geologically, I just don't think fracking makes sense in the state of Florida.
1: Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, well, I guess this question is similar. My friend Jeremy Dolan, uh, he, want, he wanted to know um, if you have any plans to hold uh, United States sugar, the sugar industry here in Florida, accountable for dumping toxic waste into the Gulf of Mexico and draining the Everglades water supply. Like, what's your opinion
2: on that? Well, let me, let me just tell you that that's one of the areas where I'm clearly able to differentiate myself from, for instance, Adam Putnam. Okay. Okay, because Adam Putnam has a political committee called Florida Grown. Yes. And if you look at the contribution reports, you'll find that U.S. Sugar is into Adam Putnam for over $400,000. Okay. <laughs> okay, just that one entity. And then, you know, many, many other big agricultural firms around the state of Florida are into him for $50,000, $100,000 a pop. Yeah. So... You're not going to be able to expect Adam Putnam, okay, to take a hard line with, with any of these individuals. That's one of the reasons that I don't have a political committee. It's one of the reasons that I'm not taking those kinds of special interest contributions is that I want to make sure that I have the ability to hold them accountable Okay, uh, on behalf of the taxpayers of Florida, yeah, okay, I they literally need to have their voice restored in Tallahassee, and it's not going to come from the likes of a politician like Adam Putnam or anybody else that's taking those kind of contributions, yeah, right. so will I hold them accountable? sure, if we can if there's verifiable, if there's verifiable proof of them dumping or doing something like that, then yeah, they ought to be held accountable, yeah, and certainly they should,
1: well, I have a question mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you can even affect this sort of thing as Governor. Uh, or maybe you can through other tools, but uh, I hate gerrymandering, and mm-hmm. I think everybody does. Um, I don't know a
0: lot of people who are like, yeah, yes. woo, gerrymandering. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: but well, one thing I actually disagree with Brandt Paul highly on, mm-hmm. um, probably you too, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people actually really like term limits. Right. Um, I don't. Do you like term I'm limits? A term limits supporter. Okay, um, and that's fine. Uh, I don't, and I will leave it at that. I feel as if a really good way to deal with it is to fix gerrymandering. Is there anything you can do about that and if uh, or I don't know if you can, if you can what would you do or what kind of suggestions would you have with gerrymandering?
2: Well, it's it's, it's a good question. You remember we had some uh, we had some constitutional amendments that were on the ballot that got passed uh, a few election cycles ago and then they got caught up in the courts. And we had these we had these plans that were put together we because of the the new census in, in 2010, you know by 2012 they were supposed to come out with all the new districts and the Florida House had a uh, had a plan, and the Florida Senate had a plan, and the court ended up stepping in and taking control over the issue because the court didn't they were being sued. The state was being sued, I think by the League of Women Voters and maybe uh, one or two other entities uh, mm-hmm. uh, signed on to that and uh, so the court ended up taking it over. And that's not necessarily a good thing that the court took it over. Yeah. Um, but there were, uh, you know, there were in these new amendments that were that were put forward and passed. There were these requirements for contiguous, you know, lines of districts and, and those kinds of things. Um, it, it's a diff- it's a difficult issue. Yeah. Uh, certainly, as governor, you know, I could have an influence on it, mm-hmm. but it would kind of be an after the fact thing to the extent that, um, you know redistricting happens once every 10 years. Yes. Okay. It's not something that happens all the time up there. Uh, and so it's already happened and and we're talking about, you know, we'd be taking office in uh, 2019. So the 2020 census would be, uh, would be up. And so the next time we'd have an opportunity to address it, uh, would be in probably 2012, uh, 2022, if you will. Okay. Uh, so that would be the next opportunity to address it. Um, and I, I, I do believe that the legislature should should have the responsibility for setting their own districts. Uh, and and I do think that they need to do a better job of, of creating fair districts. Yeah. That's about as far as I can go with that issue right now.
1: Okay. all right. You know. Can I ask one more yeah, before ahead. I turn it to you? Yeah, uh, uh, I'm also, on a, uh, uh, I think we all are, uh, maybe, uh, capital punishment. Uh, I'm not a fan of it, especially in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida has had, Especially recently a uh, uh, big problem with it like it even got suspended mm-hmm. i don 't know if you remember that uh, they suspended uh, capital punishment because we're, <laughs> we just we're putting way too many people on death row way too fast you know so on I mean what's your opinion on capital punishment uh,
2: the Republican Liberty caucus, uh, which I chair of course, we took a position uh, before this this Recent court rulings, yeah, we took a position supporting the unanimous jury recommendation requirement mm-hmm. uh, before capital punishment could be imposed, so I think that's a huge step in the right direction yeah uh, and and of course, after we took that position uh, the the Supreme Court did step in and require that, and so you know the legislature this past session they you know they changed they changed the law to require that a unanimous jury recommendation before you know before the imposition of a, of a capital punishment. Uh, sentence. And you're right. There are issues with it, huge issues with it. In Brevard County, where I'm from, the local newspaper there just did a series of articles because we had a big problem in that district, uh, that state's attorney's district over there. The Brevard, Seminole counties are part of the same district. And we've had no less than, I think, it's, I think there were four uh, individuals now that were convicted, uh, sentenced to death, spent 20 plus years on death row and have now been released because they've been found to be innocent after the fact and mm-hmm. it was a huge there's a huge, it was a huge scandal involving a supposed um uh, expert witness that the state brought in uh-huh. as a part of the prosecution and the guy had some had a dog a german shepherd that he he claimed was capable of of, you know, sniffing out evidence and these kinds of things. And it turns out the guy was a complete fraud. He was basically <laughs> going around the country getting paid, you know, thousands of dollars to, to testify, you know, carrying this dog with him everywhere that he went. And it turns out he's a fraud. Yeah. You know, he was a complete fraud. And these guys, these four guys were innocent. And so now, you know, the state's on the hook for, uh, you know, for paying them millions of dollars uh, for their wrongful incarceration. Uh, and, you know, I, that's fine. But, I mean, how do you, I mean, what's the compensation for taking somebody's freedom? Of course, uh, right. You know, is there any compensation for that? I don't see how there is. I don't, I don't see. That, I don't see how there's enough money in the world to compensate somebody for twenty years of their life basically taken from them. Um, so it is. A, it is a tough issue. Uh, but quite frankly, I, I do see that there are that there are cases where it's a an, an appropriate okay. uh, form of punishment. Uh, we just have to be very careful about the way that we dole it out.
0: Okay. Good. Um. Actually, that was all the questions I had. Okay, okay. <laughs> so. uh, well, I guess uh,
1: another question from somebody on my page. Uh, they were asking, uh, if, God forbid, you were not to make it, <laughs> would you end up endorsing whoever the next person is?
2: It would depend on who they are. And it okay. would depend on, you know, on how they conduct themselves during think, the course of this campaign.
1: I think specifically it was Adam that was mentioned. Oh, <laughs> would oh. you endorse? Well, no, the, the name was Adam. Yeah, like, would oh, you? <laughs> I would
2: have. Look, given what I know about mm-hmm. Adam Putnam, I'll just be up front. I'd have a very hard time with that. I mean, ha- I haven't made a decision one way or the other. I'm so laser focused on just my own campaign and winning this thing yeah. that uh, that's all I have a tendency to think about at this point in time. Um, but I, but certainly he 's somebody that, in my mind has some has some real issues i mean he 's the poster child for career politicians, yeah, since he was twenty two exactly i mean he 's yeah. exactly. yeah. been he 's been a politician for over half his life yeah uh, and he 's never earned a private sector paycheck in his entire adult life I yeah. say earned because he's certainly received them yeah. but right. he's never, <laughs> but he 's but he's never earned one um, He basically became a millionaire on the backs of the Florida taxpayers. Uh, That's an interesting story uh, that I'll get into if we have time for it. Um, And he's got a horrible voting record in Congress. I mean, this is a guy that voted for, I mean, every bailout. He voted for TARP. He voted for the Wall Street bailouts. He voted for No Child Left Behind. He voted for cash for clunkers. Uh I mean, for heaven's sake, cash for clunkers? I mean, anybody with a rudimentary understanding of the free market economy and the laws of supply and demand could see that train wreck coming from a mile away. (laughs) But Adam Putnam, (laughs) buddy, he was all in on cash for clunkers. Um, so I, you know, I question his judgment about those kinds of things, you know, but here's the other side of the equation. Who's he going to be running against if it should happen to be him?
1: That was going to be my next question. Do we have any idea? I didn't look it up on who the Democrats are. Well, they've
2: got some, they've got some people running already. Uh, one of them is Gwen Graham, who is the daughter of Bob Graham, former governor and United States Senator. Uh, So she's trading on daddy's name. Okay. She, she, her career as a politician was she did one two year term in the Congress in a district up in uh, North Florida that... Congress, Congress? Yeah, U.S. Congress. Okay. Uh, she had one two-year term there, and then, uh, and then redistricting kicked in, and her district suddenly became not so favorable for a Democrat <laughs> anymore. And so she immediately decided not to run for re-election. Uh, wow. And started almost immediately uh, testing the waters for a, a gubernatorial run. Uh-huh. Uh, but again, I mean, this is somebody that's trading on her father's name and her father's goodwill and, and good graces. So you've got that. And then you've got the mayor... Of Tallahassee, which is a guy named Andrew Gillum, mm-hmm, yeah. and he started out as a House of Fire. I mean, he was raising money and and uh, very eloquent, you know, articulate guy um, for those causes. But uh, now, all of a sudden, the city government in Tallahassee is caught up in investigations from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement as well as the FBI over their CRA Community Reinvestment Act, you know, issues that are going on up there. And he's caught up in that. Plus, he made the boneheaded move of using city money to purchase a new software program that he then turned around and started using to put out fundraising invitations for Uh partisan races, you Uh know, for Democrats that were running. So he's all caught up in that, and he apologized and said it was a mistake, you know, and and that kind of stuff. But so he's kind of, things for him look real shaky right now. Yeah. Yeah. You got a guy in Orlando named Chris King who's a uh, – he's a businessman. Um, he's made good money for himself on, on uh, affordable kinds of housing projects for seniors and others. Um, okay. But he's very, he's very very much a liberal progressive. And then, of course, you know, the big dog, if he chooses to get in the race, will be John Morgan.
0: Yeah, that, that's the one I was kind of curious on.
2: Everybody's waiting to see what John's going to do. Yeah. And uh, he's got the luxury – he's probably the one guy that has the luxury of being able to wait – for almost as long as he wants to because yeah. you know instant name i mean 100 percent name recognition absolutely uh, you know john for the money morgan uh, right. <laughs> uh, that's what i'm calling uh, oh, oh and now there's a guy with a substance abuse problem but yes. it's but it's not weed it's alcohol
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you have any opinions on the uh, libertarian candidate running
2: I really don't. Honest to goodness, I don't. I I, um, I, I, from what I understand, he's a he's a hell of a nice guy. Uh, but I've not really spent any time researching his record. Or, is he or, the
1: only one? Is that who I think? That's all I, I know of so yeah. far yeah. is
2: the guy from Lake County, right?
1: Yeah. Um, is it Lake
0: County? I think so. Yeah, it's, it's Randy Wiseman. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yes. Former school board
0: member, as yeah, I recall. That, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And from what I understand, he's he's a a, a, you know, a a really nice guy. But I'm not spending any time worrying about that. I mean, that's a general election thing. Yes. For me, Right. right. I, again, I'm. I'm literally, you know, the filters are up and the blinders are on. I'm concentrating yeah. on the Republican primary, and that's
0: it. Absolutely, no, that m- makes sense. You gotta, yeah. you, you, gotta win that race before you go for the next.
2: Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, All right. go ahead, sell yourself real quick to to everybody at
0: Facebook World.
1: Republicans in Florida, Democrats in Florida, whatever you want to do. Sure.
2: Well, again. Uh, it all comes back for me to this primary issue of restoring the voice of the people in government and, and putting government back under their control because they've lost control. They've lost their voice, and um, campaign finance reform is just an absolutely critical issue. The money is out of control. Uh, here's an example. Uh, $38 million. And I'll put a dollar sign in front of that. $38 million. That's the amount of money that lobbyists – registered with the state of Florida, forget our friends in Washington, D.C., this is just lobbyists registered with the state of Florida, made $38 million not last year but in the first three months of this year alone. That's a staggering figure. So anybody that tries to tell me that Tallahassee has not become a pay-to-play environment – they're just not paying attention to the numbers. Uh, it absolutely is a pay-to-play environment, and if you're not paying, you're not playing up there. People aren't listening if if you can't bring big dollars to the table. Those are the same guys that are representing all these special interests and bringing all these millions of dollars in, in dark money contributions into these political committees uh, that are being operated by my opponents and also by you know other members of the Florida legislature. Um, the, the leadership, etc. It's, it's how they keep control over the process and control over the agenda. And here's the real crime of it all: these political committees, they can they can pass this money back and forth. They give it to each other so that ultimately it hides where the original, what the original source of the money was. So it's like it just, laundering. It is. It is laundering. That's yeah. exactly what we've called it. It's it's, it's 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 not criminal, but it ought to be. You know. Uh, so uh, so that's that's to me. Uh, I mean, think about it regardless of what your position is on the issues and regardless of what your philosophy is out there in in the in the electorate your voice ought to be heard mm-hmm. so whether you're a republican or an independent or a democrat your voice needs to be heard yeah the government needs to be under your control and not under the control of the special interests so there's there's where I see myself as being set apart from every other candidate in the race on either side um is is that one single issue
1: okay all
0: right excellent well we definitely appreciate you coming down and, uh, it's been can- a real pleasure i've enjoyed it yeah good. <laughs> excellent <laughs> same here great excellent yeah it was no it's good to finally meet you mo talked about you a whole bunch so <laughs> so uh, i was definitely happy to be able to get you on well
2: i again i appreciate the opportunity yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Love to do it again sometime. Yeah, Defin- yeah definitely. And,
0: yeah. Anytime you'd like, just and, let us know and we'd be happy to have you.
2: And, Mo, don't forget, there's a conference call on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting the call in instructions soon. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. If you're checking us out on SoundCloud or if you're listening on our website at www.muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Remember, you can follow us at facebook.com backslash muddiedwatersoffreedom on Instagram at muddiedwatersoffreedom or on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. almost forgot that one. <laughs> um, you want to do one last boula? Yes, I have right. some. I got a very little amount. Okay,
2: I'll go in on this one. Good. You're You're gonna want to shake
0: the ever living crap out of that one. Because it's all settled at the bottom. Okay.
2: I didn't know you I didn't know you got to say Bula when you did this. You do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's so fun about it. It's like a community thing, you know. given the way you describe the taste, I you know, there's gotta be something some redeeming value.
0: Yeah. And and Bula means to long life and good health. Oh, okay. So yeah. So it shows up. Bula. Bula. Bula.
2: Yeah, you're right. That tastes like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> uh, no offense to your uh, your cobble bar. Don't, don't try to ban it now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll ban itself. <laughs> don't make that worry about Very true.
0: Um. Well, again, thank you all very much uh, for listening or watching or whatever. And uh, (laughs) thank you, Bob, for coming on the show. Thank you, Bob. Good luck in the election. Thank you. Um, uh, You got anything else?
1: No, I'm good to go. And remember, guys, where we're going,
0: we don't need roads.